This is episode 12 of The Creative Outsiders, and I'm your host, Siobhan Hill. The Creative Outsiders is a collective of women storytellers that aim for sisterhood through a community that provides professional development for emerging filmmakers. Simply put, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. And on today's podcast, I get to chat with Lakeisha Lorraine. From a, from a young age, Lakeisha knew she loved performing, yet had no idea how much the arts would become a part of her life as destiny continued to reveal her life's purpose. From off-Broadway beginnings, she would go on to continue diversifying her entertainment career as a young adult. The actress, actress singer, is the proud CEO of entertainment production company, Loving Life Productions, LLC. Through the company, she not only continues to serve the entertainment world with quality, Christ-centered entertainment, but enjoys giving other talented actors the opportunity to shine. Welcome, Lakeisha. Thanks so much, Siobhan. I'm excited to be on with you guys. Yes, I'm excited to have you. So this is like our initiation question with the Creative Outsiders. I always start off by asking everyone, why filmmaking? What was the moment that defined you choosing filmmaking as a part of your purpose? Oh, that's a great question. Um, what was the moment? So I always knew I had a vision board or like a prayer petition list, actually, um, that I wrote down some things uh, and prayed over some things to see like um, what God had for me. And the things that um, the opportunities that came with the resources um, within that time, uh, I marked them off. So I knew that I wanted to own something. Uh, I knew that I wanted to own a company that um, did something in entertainment, whether it was representing artists. Um, I thought I wanted to do a talent agency at one point and actually did have that portion of my company when I first opened it and uh, a couple years ago. Um, and then I thought it would be really dope to do a production company. So I think in 2014, when I really started thinking about how important messages were and how the medium of television, uh, even music, radio, entertainment, um, uh, theater, um, and, and uh, national theaters where people go to see nationwide distributed movies. The power of producing is huge. You get to um, you get to produce the message. You get to kind of introduce whatever message you want to share with you know your fellow um, people from all over the world. So I thought at that point um, I thought, okay, this would be a really wonderful opportunity to introduce Christ to people who may not know Him in ways that are common in ways that are relatable and in ways that uh, people can enjoy the entertainment without feeling um, like they're in a traditional church per se. Okay. So before we, cause you kind of touched on something that I want to ask you, but I'll save that for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, but you did start off as an actress so how did this role prepare you for the world of filmmaking? Because it is the arts, but it is a totally different aspect of filmmaking. So how do you feel like this prepared you to be a filmmaker? 
Oh, yeah, that's great. I feel like um, as an artist and as a filmmaker, because I still act um, currently, I feel like it's like the best position as a director because you understand how to create these characters. You understand how to create these stories because as actors, we have to do uh, a lot of scene study, a lot of character development, a lot of backstories when we're preparing for a role and we're preparing to represent someone's life uh, within this storyline that the writer comes up with. So I feel like when it comes to using that background um, to help with filmmaking, it's it's really an invaluable um, source because it really, really helps you with First of all, working with your actors and second of all, even just writing the characters uh, because you already have an understanding of character, which I think is why people are drawn to a lot of the classics like um, Gina Prince by the Woods, um, Love and Basketball. You know, people are drawn to stories like that because the characters are so developed and even the supporting characters are developed in a way um, that you can tell, you know, she had a good understanding of character. So I feel like um, when you are an actor, you have a, a heightened sense of that understanding. Okay. And that makes sense. And I um, just want to ask your opinion. Do you suggest that for directors, because you are working with um, the actors and actresses, uh, do you suggest that the director take a class on acting because I had um, a couple of people suggest that just to me and I've heard it before. Do you think there is a benefit for somebody who is a director to put on the head of like, hey, let me go take an improv class so I better understand how it feels to be on the the receiving end of the camera? Most definitely. Um, I think in whatever ways you can better understand your team. And that's what I love about filmmaking because it takes a team of people. It's not just one person. So just like a director will study technical terms so that they can communicate with their technical staff so that they can communicate with the director of photography and they can communicate with the sound operator. They, I definitely um, agree with those uh, recommendations that they should take at least one acting class um, to kind of better understand actors and what type of methods and, and they can even really get um, rehearsal tips for how to get the emotion that they wrote out of the actor. Um, I think if you're um, if you're primarily a director and not so much on the artist um, artistic side, it would be very, very helpful in that way because it's just a way to better communicate with your talent. And that's really um, what a director does. They, they're they the master communicator on the set with everyone from talent to technical. I agree. And look, now you have me thinking, okay, maybe I should go take a class. <laughs> yeah, if, if you feel like, um, I just feel like there's never like too much to learn. Like I feel like there's always something to learn. And I, I love just personally with my company and my team, there are things that I don't know how to do as well, but my director of photography understands. So there are things that I understand that he doesn't understand as well. So it's it's such a cool feeling to be in a collaborative effort of filmmaking because everybody has their role and you learn from one another 
in that space and in that time. So, yeah, I definitely think if it's, it's if it's not something that comes as natural to you or a world that you're more familiar with, then it will definitely be beneficial for you when working with the talent. Well, look, I'll keep you posted. If I do, I'll, <laughs> I'll post it on the Creative Outsiders. I mean, because I do think that I am very naturally just good at directing. Like, it's just a gift. But I right. do recognize the importance of also, like, sharpening your gift. Like, you, anything that you do, you definitely need to put in the effort and energy to make sure that you're better at it. So I might give it a try. I'm going to give it a try. Yes, do it, sis. Do it. <laughs> So you spoke, uh, just mentioned roles and just how important it is as filmmakers that we collaborate. And because you do wear so many different hats and you have so many different roles, how are you able to juggle? Because you are the director, you are the producer, you are an actress. And I know you, well, I don't know for sure. Have you ever been in a position where you're all of those at the same time, but how have you been able to manage juggling all of those different roles? Yeah, that, that's a great question. That's something I'm constantly um, working on. <laughs> um, I have acted in my projects, but I'm usually a supporting role. Mm -hmm. So I cast someone else as the main role and I might have a couple, like, I don't know, four scenes or something out of, 30, 20 scenes, just because it's easier <laughs> at this point. I haven't self-directed to the point where it's a Denzel Washington, Viola Davis fences, and I'm the lead character. I haven't done that. That that would seem very, for me personally, that would be a lot. Um, and I would feel more comfortable um, with an assistant director at that point because it is very difficult. Um, and there is so much that you have to pay attention to. But I would just suggest for people um, who are blessed uh, in multiple areas, I would suggest pacing. I um, At this point, I don't feel like I have to be in everything at the same time. It's not possible. Um, I'm really young, but I still really enjoy my sleep. <laughs> And I really enjoy, I really enjoy, you know, having free time. And I know last year I didn't have a lot of free time. I didn't have time to date or hang out with my friends or hang out with my family because it was always something on the schedule. So, and I wasn't able in my mind to fully give myself to those projects. So I think, especially if you're working on both sides of the camera as an actor and a director, I would just advise pacing. Like if you know that, you're going to do this project, you're going to produce this project at the beginning of the year, then only accept really small roles where you're called on set as an actor for maybe one day. And you don't have a log line of, of you know, a, a whole lot of lines to memorize because you're so focused on putting together the production and making sure the crew is taken care of and making sure you get contracts and that you book venues and locations. It's, it's just too much to think about as a as a director and producer to neglect it with trying to do too many things at one time. So it's, it's still possible, mm -hmm. but I would just advise, you know, pacing and, and trying to make really strategic decisions about what you want to do at that moment in time. Okay. So we know that you are the owner of Loving Life Productions. How did you know where to start to form your company? Did you do research? Did you have a mentor? Take us through that process and that decision of starting your company. 
Yeah. So I actually was really fortunate. Um, I come from a, a family of entrepreneurs. So my grandparents, they own um, real estate in Missouri. So they, they've been doing that for years. My mother is a preschool provider. So she's, she's owned her own preschool um, in a, you know, in our own building that they built uh, for like 27 years. So I really went to her, I guess I would say I I had a mentor who happened to be my mother. I really went to her for advice on how to get started. What should I file as? Should I file as a sole proprietorship or should I see about being an LLC? And what I really liked about being an LLC, I'm a, um, a, a one person LLC. So there's no partner at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, solely own and operate the company, but there are a lot of benefits, uh, from, if you look up what the sole proprietorship offers, and then if you look up what corporations offer a lot, it's like you get the best of both worlds without a lot of the extra filings, because there's a lot that you have to do, um, as far as filing officially with your secretary of state, depending on the type of business you LLC, you might have to get a business license in Indiana which is where we're based in Indianapolis. There is not currently a business license required for entertainment production companies. Hopefully there will be in the future, which means hopefully we'll get uh, some film tax credit <laughs> for that. Uh, so we can have, we can have higher budgeted uh, work to, to make a little bit more profit. But yeah, so I think it just really, I, I just started researching. I, I first asked, I first got a mentor. I asked my mother and then I also started going to business classes. So um, there is an organization here called the Grindery um, headed by uh, Ivan Hicks and what they do, which is so cool. They're an urban incubator. So their primary goal is to educate the urban community on how to own. And they have different people um, who come in who are millionaires, who are CEOs, very successful um, businessmen and women that come and teach classes on what to do to further your business. And I started taking those uh, classes. So I went to classes, I researched, and I definitely got a mentor um, to help me with that. And now I have several, um, but it started with um, just kind of looking at who was in my backyard, who, who do I have access to just right now? And it happened to be my mom. So, um, so yeah. That's awesome. And just to rewind a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you had the benefit of being able to tap into your resources around you, which I think is always a plus because yeah. sometimes I think people get caught up in like looking at social media and trying, and it's nothing wrong with that, but trying to find people on social media to connect with as far as a mentor, but you could have people in your life that have the things that you need and -hmm. you just need to tap into them. So I think that's a great thing and tell your family kudos for that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's awesome. But um, how did you, so you established your business. So how did you, because a lot of people ask me this, how did you get people to start taking you seriously as a production company? Because you're starting out, do you have a body of work to show? Like, how did you get people to say, hey, I'm willing to work with you? 
so it was really cool. I was in a play um, with another colleague and local playwright, uh, Antoine DeMarco, DeMarco Plays. And I came to Antoine and Victor Miller, um, who is actually one of my team members that uh, he moved out of state, but he still does stuff with us when he's here. He was one of my videographers. And I said, y'all, I have this script. I just started this company and um, it was for my first film, Earth Cry, in 2015. And I said, I'm looking for camera operators. Do you have anyone you can refer me to? Do you, I just, and I was, like I said, I was in uh, Antoine's production at the time. And again, I used resources and reached out to people that I actually knew that were close to me, that were around me. And luckily, um, Antoine, Victor, um, later I was introduced to Chris Fry, who worked with me for several years as my director of photography. And a lot of the actors and actresses I was in the production with were like, yeah, we would love to be a part of your project. You know, they were, they were open to it, to the opportunity and very supportive. And that's really just how it ended up working. I hand selected, um, the cast and they really trusted me. Um, I guess I, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't really asked them, but um, what made them trust me? I think my organization, I was very um, intentional about what the message of the film was, what I wanted to see in their character, how I wanted them to research their character and do their backstories and tell me what they think. Uh, their character interpretation should be as well. So I guess my organization and my clarity of of what I wanted, I think what I advise people on now um, is being clear in what they want. When you're clear and you're very confident in your vision and you empower the people around you, people want to be a part of that. And they understand that that's something special. So um, and God's favor. I can't take any credit for God's favor. That's totally his favor. So the first film, uh, we ended up winning the award of merit at the Gary International Black Film Festival. And they also gave me an additional award as emerging artist, which was a blessing and a, a total um, shock. Uh, that's where Ava DuVernay uh, started a lot of her films there. Is in you know a lot of great uh, other great filmmakers. Um, forgive me, I can't remember their names right now, but the filmmakers of the ninety day film with Tiana mm-hmm. uh, Tiana Harris. Um, they were just there. I was just there last last month actually. But yeah, I would just say having the clear vision. And I wrote that script. It took a couple years to write that script, so I had time to tweak and change. I wasn't changing things after we started, so there was a sense of security in what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. And I think that's something really necessary for your actors and your crew. I think that's really good advice. Um, so I hope y'all are writing notes, taking that down. <laughs> I do know we have uh, women who are interested in starting their production company. And I think a lot of times we get in our own way because we're like, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the connections. I'm not in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Did y'all hear? She lives in Indi- Indianapolis. Like, mm-hmm. hello. That's <laughs> not Hollywood. So, not yet. <laughs> We're right. trying. <laughs> ask you, um, how is the film and like film making in your area? Like, is there a big film 
industry? Do you have other filmmakers? Because everybody laughs at me because I live in Virginia and we always, (laughs) they always are like, but there's filmmakers in Virginia. So just how has your experience been as far as the filmmaking community? Don't you hate that when people say there's filmmakers, there's filmmakers everywhere. It's like saying, are there no creative people in your area, only in LA, Chicago, and Atlanta? Like, what does that mean? Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I I laugh. I'm like, really? Um, our community is so bomb. We have um, several organizations, several, you know, a lot of people like me who uh, initially are artists, you know, actors and entertainers now starting companies. We have um, a lot of freelancers that love this art. They love making film and Mm -hmm. they are open to working with people. So I would say the indie community, indies indie community is growing at a rate I never thought it would grow. Like I went to school uh, at TSU for four years in Nashville, thought I was going to stay there, loved Nashville, went to Atlanta frequently because we were close and never ever thought my hometown would be kind of a growing mecca of arts and creativity and a lot of the cool stuff that that's happening right now. So I would say we get spoiled. Uh, I went to LA for the first time earlier this year and I have a friend down there and a colleague down there. Um, and it's so different. Like it's not over the top competitive here. We want to help one Mm -hmm. another. So Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, I just messaged, uh, another female, filmmaker Carmen Jameson the other day and said, Hey, can you give me the contact number for, you know, this venue? I'm trying to get in touch with them to film something. She was like, sure. Here's the you know, we're very helpful towards each other. So I would say we're very Midwestern in that way. Uh, it's, it hasn't gotten to the point where we'll give somebody the wrong information or we'll give the wrong instruction as I've heard that other regions do. I would say that uh, we do have a lot of other leaders um, in the filmmaking um, genre, if you will. J- uh, Jim Doherty has been doing a lot over the years. Nathan Beckhold uh, is over the Indiana Filmmakers Network. He does a wonderful job in keeping everybody together, even just on Facebook. And we all just really try to grow together and learn from one another um, and collaborate when we can if, if our visions match for what we're trying to do. But mm-hmm. Indianapolis is really growing. So I'm really excited to see where we'll be at in five years. I'm excited now, too. I'm going to have to keep my radar on, y'all. Yeah. Like, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I have to put it on my list of places to visit. Yes, most definitely. Um, So just to go a little bit more in detail about your production company, I did notice that you also... Uh, provide the service of commercial videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know we said prior, you know, you kind of jumped out the window. You said, hey, guys, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was on board. So then how did you also launch and tra- um, transition into providing that service? Because um, not to say everybody, but people do want to see your receipts, especially if you're going to be um, representing their business. Mm-hmm. So then did you utilize the same team? And then how did you even put yourself out there to say, this is a 
resource we provide? Yeah, so I think it was important to me. Something, what I would also say to people who think that they uh, might be interested in filmmaking or working uh, in this side of the entertainment industry is really sit and think about what your natural gifts are and kind of who you are as a person. For me, I have always wanted to help people professionally. This even goes back to high school, college days. You know, if I'm at a television internship, which I was in Nashville at WTVF, News Channel 5, if I knew someone younger than me that was looking for a job in broadcast, I'd be like, hey, here's such and such's email. This is my boss's email. Email her, send her your res- what's called a resume reel with your packages and let her know that you can be an MMJ and let her know that you can do this. So I knew that outside of just creating the films for my company, I've, I really wanted to help people visually show people what their vision was um, for their product, for their small business, for, you know, for themselves. So we use the same team that we use for um, that, you know, that that works with the company for the film aspect. And I meet with the clients. I talk with them thoroughly about what their vision is. I really want to basically help them. I mean, that's our job as directors is to help them bring their vision to life. So I get all the details I need from them, meet with my team. We map out a plan. I make the storyboard. I thoroughly go over shots and and ideas with the director of photography. Then if we're on set, he'll give me... um, you know, I, if he comes up with something with a with a ang- with a shot angle or a different location, we'll go with that. So it's it's just really about um, my desire to help people, and in order for it to be a fully functioning, like like I said, like you mentioned, you know, we're in places that are not known for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So, and for filmmaking, you're not going to make a lot of money if you're not in, you know, if you're not this huge studio necessarily. You're not going to make you're going to put out more than you make. Uh, mm-hmm. So this was a great way for us to continue to have generated uh, in, in uh, generated income that really serves as a fundraiser for the projects that we do um, on top of reaching out to different sponsors. So that was just kind of the, the premise for it. And like I said before, even with the, I had a talent agency division, I thought I wanted to do that. Well, we had to cut that. <laughs> that was way too much. Um, but I really had a passion to help actors. I was like, hey, I really want to help actors book this. And I'm like, whoa, I have so much respect for my agents at Heyman Talent because it is not a game. Um, it's really hard. So because, you know, we can only take 10% from whatever we book. And it takes right. a lot just to get your people a booking um, outside of having a nine to five job. So yeah, that was just kind of the premise. So as I, when I started off, I had like all these things I wanted Loving Life to offer, (laughs) Loving Life Productions LLC to offer. And then as time went on and I kind of saw what what the initial vision was for the company, I kind of shaved down some things and kept it with the video production and the storytelling. Okay, that makes total sense. So you do direct. I was looking at some of your videos. I said she is definitely a director and involved in pointing out where people need to go. So you have to go look at her um, Instagram when you get a chance. But you can practice uh, your skill as a director. You can 
go out, you can do projects, you can go back and look at your work and assess what you need to do better or what you love. You can't necessarily practice being a producer in which you do wear the hat of being a producer. How did you prep for that job? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, so my plan B was um, in school. So I majored in music. I minored in communications, which now I look back on it. I probably should have flipped it. My mother tried to get me to flip it early on. And I said, no, I'm a music major. So, <laughs> but then, you know, come sophomore year, I'm, I'm wanting to take all of these TV classes. So I ended up interning at a television station, uh, the News Channel 5 in Nashville. And I had the opportunity to learn more about producing through the classes in college and through the internship. And actually, at the towards the end of my internship, I asked my supervisor if I could produce a segment for, uh, it was a, called Talk of the Town which is a morning news show. So I loved it. Kind of light news, fun, you know, not heavy, hard news. It was very fun. Very, very fun. Tawanda Coleman was my um, supervision. So anyways, um, I learned about producing through broadcast TV. And I was also a part of the Indianapolis Association of Black Journalists. So I had, you know, these amazing women around me, like Deshaun Perry and, um, Donna Shealy, who are these producers at news station or radio personalities that I really learned a lot from outside of college. But I would say if you want to get into producing, you definitely need to take a look at some academia. So I would uh, contact some look, contact some universities and see what what um, what textbooks they have there um, that they that they teach, that they use to teach their students. And definitely, 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 uh, that, that's a book thing. Um, that's not something that you can kind of come up with as you go. That's something that you do have to, have to learn and prepare for because there's so many facets to what you have to do, um, depending on when you're doing it. But that's, that's how I learned how to produce and depending on what I was producing, that's how I learned how to do that. Okay. So tell us how you got involved in the latest project, Lost. Oh, Lost. So Lost is my second film. Um, it's the second baby from Loving Life Productions, LLC. So it was made uh, two years after Earth Cry, which is made. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Just one year because we did it last year. So one year after Earth Cry, which was made in 2015, so we made Lost in 2016. So I started, I actually didn't take as long writing that script uh, for Lost. It was also uh, scripturally based, uh, scripture in Matthew that uh, talks about basically not allowing your um what you lose to be a real loss. A lot of times the things that we lose in life um, direct us, direct our eyes back to God, which is possibly, you know, how we, how we, I believe that all things work together for good. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of worked off of that premise. So it surrounded a family of three who discovered love, acceptance and forgiveness through an unexpected loss. So that was my first feature uh, feature in film film festival terms. So it's over 50 minutes. 
it's it's better. Um, I would advise filmmakers to shoot for 75 minutes and over because it gives you more opportunity to get broadcast rights, uh, for someone to pay you broadcast rights to air your work. Um, and it's, it's a little bit better if you're wanting to put your work on even local cable television as well. Um, than kind of being in, I'm mine, mine kind of falls in between like that mid range stage. So it still works for film festivals because they say 50 minutes and over is a, is a feature length, but it, it's better to have it like 75 minutes and over. But yeah, so that was, that was a great process a, a much larger cast. Um, filming time was a lot longer. Uh, we had a really great red carpet event. That was a lot of fun. Everybody got to dress up and bring their family and friends and to come see the screening. It was a really, really good time. So what, from that experience, because it's your feature film, what would you say was, um, I guess your successful moment in that and then a lesson that you learned from that. Yes. I learned to go back to taking more time. (laughs) We, um, I just, I really, I'm not with the, I know everybody is really on this microwave society situation, but I really do feel like when you take a little bit more time with things, you know, if it's for you, it will be for you. Opportunities will still be there. It doesn't mean that you have to rush something. And the only time that we did feel rushed as a production team, honestly, was in the post-production process. I had Mm -hmm. already booked the red carpet before we had fully edited the film, which meant- Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's how- you know, administratively, it was like, you could be like, oh, she's really on it. But it wasn't a wise decision because then me and my team, so me and the production assistant, Jeannie Shaw, who actually was one of the actors in the film, who was also a graphic design artist. She did graphic design for the film. She's multifaceted as well. And Chris Fry, who was my DP at that time, we were up 24 hours for like two weeks every day. <laughs> trying to make sure we get this film edited. It was crazy. So I would just say, number one, take your time with getting sponsorship for the film. I was blessed enough to have a sponsor, Alfreda Parrish, who was actually uh, my middle school teacher. She sponsored the red carpet event. So she paid for the red carpet coverage that Felicia Williams did with Indie Star Network, the rental of the theater, Um, But I would say get sponsorship for the entire thing. So take your time with getting, reaching out to sponsors and seeing who will sponsor your work and take the time. We did take the time to work with the actors, which is a big, big deal to me. But on the post-production, we definitely needed several months to not feel rushed instead of just one month doing a full-length film. It was just kind of crazy. over here like oh I know y'all were tripping <laughs> all the girl all the way I don't know what I was thinking about um I wasn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so these are your last two questions I always ask everybody what are you reading and what are you watching ooh, ooh, ooh. what am I reading so honestly I've been a little off the radar um on the film, filmmaking side because I'm in a show right now. So it's kind of seasonal. 
I put a lot of energy into what I do uh, as an artist. And I really feel it's important just then this is just me personally to dedicate the time to make sure it's right. So I'm going to show right now at the Phoenix theater called barbecue. And I really put everything into that. So up until now, I've just been reading my script <laughs> by Robert O'Hara um, and doing scene study on that. But what I'm watching, I am in love with the show. This is us. That is. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite show. <laughs> Me too. It's last night, so I have to watch it tonight. Yeah, well, I'll watch it online. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably watch it actually Thursday because um, I have to watch Queen Sugar tonight. But yeah, Queen Sugar. Yeah, I love This Is Us. Like I was talking to, I think everybody who's been on the show this season has said This Is Us when I ask what they're watching, and we all have said the same thing. It is the most well-written show I have watched oh my god in a long time it's like and that and that's what you know I feel like that is every filmmaker's goal that show makes you feel like you feel like you don't feel like you're watching a show you feel like you're invited as the fly on the wall in the Pierce's life and you feel connected with everybody like every time I watch that show for a scene that's a crying scene, I end up crying because the acting yeah. is the bomb um, from yeah. every actor on set. And the writing is so, it's so well done. So I really, I need to do some research on the creator and the writer or writers of that show. I follow them on Twitter, actually. Shout out to the This Is Us writers. But yeah, y'all are doing the thing. Number one, us and listen. Just let you know, we all advocate for the show. We love it. We love it. Oh my god! So yeah, that that is my show right now. That's the number one show, and I really hope. Um, I really, really hope that we'll get a lot more really good scripted shows like that. I kind of want reality to be over reality TV. And it would just give all of us more jobs and more opportunity to get booked for these jobs. <laughs> so it'd be really dope if they just got rid of it altogether. So we can absolutely agree. So before we go, you have to let everyone know how they can keep in touch with you, your social media, your website, so they can support you. Yes, I really appreciate it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Lakeisha Rain. So my name is spelled L-A-K-E-S-H-A-L-O-R-E-N-E. Um, I'm also, I also have an artist page on Facebook under the same name and I'm on Twitter under the same name and you can follow loving life productions llc um, on facebook under that name and on instagram at loving life productions llc with underscores under each part of that name and you know that you can follow the creative outsiders on instagram facebook and we are also um, have our website and you can follow me on my social media. It's Siobhan Hill. And it'll be in our show notes in case you're like, wait a minute, y'all gave me too much information. So I'll put it in the show notes. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to sit out and talk to us and share some good pearls to everyone that's listening. Yes. And I, I want to, if I can, I just want to thank you, Siobhan. Um, this is my second feature with you guys. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing to just build this sense of community, especially with female filmmakers 
it's important. Um, there are not a lot of us. And I really, really love y'all and appreciate the support that you give to us. So it really just encourages us to keep going. So I wanted to definitely say that. Thank you. Yay. That's all I want. That's my thing. Push out hope so people can go handle their business. So yeah. thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. So until next time, make sure that you are out there living your filmmaking dreams. Don't wait. Just go do it. Until next time. Bye.